Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Time to play the game. It may be the nighttime, but the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local, and not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you here on this Wednesday evening after a Hawks victory. Going to be with you for the next couple of hours. Take you to midnight. We uh, ask you to download the Odyssey app. We know you're not in the car as much, but you want to listen in. Odyssey app's the best way to catch us on the go. Put that on one of your devices today. Take the smartphone. Take the Alexa speakers. Put it on your tablet. Put it on your Game Boy. Your Nintendo 64. Your Swatch Watch, your fax machine, your microwave, whatever your device is, just download it on something. That's new, your microwave? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure it works on a microwave. I mean, nowadays, everything's got the, the smart, uh, right? We got all the smart TVs and smart. There are smart refrigerators. Yeah, yeah, that you're right. I mean, there are. So I'm sure there's a smart microwave out there somewhere that you can put the Odyssey app on it. So anyway, uh, social media is at 9 the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I am at JMSH316. That, of course, your water cooler talking points three to six months in advance of anybody else that is out there. On the other side of the glass, you heard his voice. Can you believe it? Back-to-back nights and working late. Dylon in the house. Dylon. Dylon. Dylon, Dylon, and Dylon. Sounds like a lot of them uh, back there. So, all right. Um... Let's start with the Hawks, obviously. Good win against the Pistons tonight, um, starting a five-game road trip. You know, they – I don't know. It just felt kind of like, okay, we're just kind of sludging our way through all of this. And, of course, this is the first of those two games, a weird play one tonight, have a day off, play one on Friday, right? A couple of things I want to throw out to you. So far in four games – the Hawks have been outscored in the third quarter of their four games, 130 to 111. They've only won one third quarter so far this season. 
That was the Orlando game. They've lost their other three quarters. So they're having trouble coming out in the second half and either closing out teams or just stretching out a lead or what have you. So the third quarter still kind of is wonky, right? Now, I I mentioned this to Dylon earlier tonight. Hawks have to get off to a good start on the road. Does anybody remember in their first nine games on the road what the Hawks went last year, which included that West Coast trip that we spent a lot of time talking about, just it really got them off kilter. You realize the Hawks started out 1-8 and eight on the road last year in their first nine games, which included that four-game losing streak. What was it? Denver, Utah, Phoenix, and I think there was one other West Coast team that they had. But they, but they started out 1-8 on the road last year. So they've got five straight. And to be honest with you, you're looking at, okay, we got two in Detroit. But then you're going to Milwaukee, going to Toronto, and you'll finish the road trip at Madison Square Garden against the Knickerbockers. But you're their daddy anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But still, you know, the road trip gets progressively harder here. That's why getting off to a good start. Who was it? It was. Let me guess. It was okay. Utah. Uh, that no, it didn't start with Utah. No, Utah. I know that, no, no. I didn't okay. say. I'm, here's the four teams. Okay, gotcha. It Go was ahead. Denver, Utah, Phoenix, and One more. was it the Clippers? Nope. Was Se- was it? Se- uh, not Seattle. You're in the right division. Um, won the Lakers because that nope. was later. Sacramento, the Sacramento Queens. Nope. Who was it? Golden State Warriors. Oh, Golden State Warriors. Okay. Yep. So they uh, so they lost all four of those games while they were out in the West Coast. Yep. And they actually played two against the Jazz and lost both. Well, they played the well, Jazz, played jazz at, home. at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah that right, was at right, home. Right. Yeah. Let 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 the let the let the grown ups here get the stats. My right. bad. I I, 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 yeah. I didn't see the at yeah, or you're, the non at. You're, you're gonna start giving me WNBA stats here any minute now. <laughs> they went one and eight to start the season on the road. So, you know, look. It really kind of put them sideways, you know, where they got off to a bad start on the road, had trouble catching up, right? And we know how much they fought and scratched and clawed just to get themselves into the playing round. Defense has been kind of it is what it is. I I do like Hunter's aggressiveness, especially late in that game, getting himself to the basket. I do like all of that. But – they need to get off to a good start here in their road schedule for this season, and they need to start being better coming out of the second half. Because three out of four games, they've lost the third quarter. And and I know most of the scoring where they've gotten outscored has was against the, the Charlotte Hornets game. I think they've given up, what was the number I wrote down? They've given up not quite 80 points. Uh, they've given up 73 points. In their last two third quarters, the Charlotte game and tonight's game, they've given up 73 points in their last two third quarters that they've played. So that's one of those things that they've got to kind of figure out. That's one of those wonky kind of stats that, okay, let's see if we can get this thing turned around. But a good start, good victory, got some clutch baskets. Collins had a really nice block late in that game. He played really well. He finished with 19 points, but he was 9 for 14 from the field. Only shot one three, had 11 boards in the game. Clint Capella actually had 10 rebounds as well, six points, didn't do a whole lot 
from the field, only three for eight. Probably got away with a couple of over-the-back calls, uh, but that's all right. That's old uh, NBA. Wasn't a great night for DeJounte Murray. Um, he only plussed out at a four, but had 14 points on five of 18 shooting, which included two for six and uh, two for four from the free throw line. A couple of turnovers and eight assists in the game. Trey Young went off tonight. He had 35. He had a lot of offense. A lot of offense, especially in that third quarter. That game was 36-32 after one quarter tonight. So, Hawks got it figured out, at least for tonight. Um, you certainly would rather win this game than try to, you know, trying to figure out, you know, splitting, you know, with them. Go sweep the Pistons. I mean, the Pistons right now are one and four on the season. Yeah, they're a young, up-and-coming team. Cade Cunningham is, you know, going to be one of the good young players in the league. They're one and four right now. Don't monkey around on Friday and let them hang around and feel good about themselves and kind of just flounder around. So, good Hawks victory uh, tonight. We'll talk a little bit more about that game later on in the show. All right, when we get back, by the way, top of the hour, we're going to talk to our friend of the show, Tori McElhaney, for our weekly interview. When we get back, I know the narrative is about pass blocking for the Falcons. I'll give you the stats and the facts. We report, you decide. So up next, Chuck Green at Key Studios, Sports Radio, Nights on the Game, the Odyssey.com app. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. So who is this person? It's John Chuckery. Are you sure? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio, 92 out of the game. Back with you in the Kia Studios. John Chuckery Show. Hanging out Wednesday night with you after a Hawks victory. Going to be with you till midnight tonight. 404-741-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Open and uh, ready if you want to leave a comment. 
Uh, Odyssey app site catches on the go. Social media is at 9 on the game. I'm at JMCH316. He's at underscore Dylan Matthews. Hey, uh, Brian Baldinger, Jason Lock on four, and Carl Dukes take you around the league and give you the inside scoop around the NFL. It's the In the Huddle podcast. New episodes come out every Tuesday and Thursday. Follow In the Huddle for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from. All right. So there's been a lot of wrangling here over the last couple of days, a lot of spirited discussion and stuff like that. So we've got Dylon here, and he is part of the – what is it? It's the – you're part of the Banana Plant football <laughs> podcast, right? Peachtree football. All right, so you got the Blueberry Bush football <laughs> podcast that you're doing with who? Bo Morgan, a.k.a. Okay. Squidbilly. Okay. So also executive producer of not just Dukes and Bell, but the Atlanta Falcons radio network. Correct. Okay. So you guys did your podcast the other day because this has been the this is becoming the new narrative. Well, the Falcons are so bad at pass blocking, that's why Arthur Smith is not throwing it more. It's not that he doesn't trust Mariota. He doesn't trust the offensive line. Am I am I summing up what you guys and other people have been talking about? That is correct. Okay. So I'm going to give you the stats, okay? And, and I'll even tell you this. You know what? Because I talked about this in my podcast. Before. You know what I actually did this morning? What's that? I actually purchased a subscription to Pro Football Focus's wow. um, uh, their whatever, their premium stats and all that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, you got money, man. John Turk got that yeah. locked down money coming in. He don't know ten, how to act. Ten bucks a month, man, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That probably it won't so, probably last very long. So is next is next Disney Plus and HBO Max no, and all no, no, those no, things. No. I'm not doing chick flicks or FUBU or <laughs> any of that kind of stuff. All right. So a few things here, okay. Where if if you had to guess, because I know how bad everybody's got the the Falcons this year. Where do you think out of 32 teams in the NFL, the Falcons rank as far as Pro Football focuses? Grade for their offensive line. And let me mention one thing before we get into this. The Falcons come in right now overall as the ninth highest graded offensive line in the NFL. Wow. Okay? They are fifth in the NFL in run blocking. So they're an elite yeah. run blocking unit. Yep. No doubt about it. Lindstrom's having a monster year. But I will tell you this. Lindstrom is also the seven highest highest graded guard, I believe, in pass blocking in the league this year. But if I asked you, where does the Falcons often, if they're ninth overall, fifth in the run game, where do you think that their ranking is among 32 teams as far as pass blocking goes? I mean, with those numbers, they at least got to be top 15, if not top 10. So they're 17th overall. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Better than Minnesota, Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, Washington, L.A., New York, the Chicago Bears, the Bungles. Um, the bottom three are the Rams, Titans, and Dolphins. Are the uh, I believe I got that right? Uh, yes, the uh, the Rams, Titans, and Daltons, Daltons, Dolphins out there. Now, a couple of things because this is what broke up. Well, you don't understand. They're running you know multiple tight ends and they're having to go max protect and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so. Max Protect has nothing to do with your interior offensive line. Elijah Wilkinson is having his best pass blocking year. Now, let me let me step back for just a second. This is where the numbers get wonky 
because the Falcons don't throw it like other teams. The Falcons are tied right now with the second-fewest pass attempts in the NFL. The team they're tied with is the Tennessee Titans, who, by the way, have only played six games. They have one less game because they've had their bye week already. The only team in the league who throws it less than the uh, the uh, Atlanta Falcons, I believe, is the Chicago Bears is the only team that throws it less than the Falcons. So let me make sure I've got that right because I don't want to I don't want to tell everybody that that's a attempts. Ba 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 ba. Yes, the Bears have 136 pass attempts on the season. The Falcons and Titans have 150. But again, the Titans have only played six games. The Eagles are next at 184. They've only played six games. So the problem when you start to evaluate some things is that the Falcons don't throw the football. But I'm going to give you the numbers, and you can decide. Elijah Wilkinson is having his best season ever as far as pass blocking grade. Okay, Here has been the difference between Elijah Wilkinson and who's the guy they played last year? Jalen Mayfield. Okay. So Elijah Wilkinson this year has a 67.1 pro football focus pass blocking grade. What do you think Jalen Mayfield, who I sat here every Tuesday and told you was the worst (laughs) interior offensive lineman in the NFL, what do you think his pass grade, if Elijah Wilkinson is 67-1, what do you think Mayfield's pass grade was last year? I'm going to cheat because I saw your tweet earlier. So it's 27.1 or 27.2, right? 27.6. 27.6, okay. And he allowed 11 sacks, which is more than any interior offensive lineman in the league. So you've gone from a guy who graded out less than a 28 to a guy who's pushing towards 70. Is that improvement? It is. Okay. So that's one guy, okay? Now, what did I what have I said for weeks and months about Drew Dolman and Matt Hennessy? What the, have I said? It's the Spitterman meme. They're, yep. they're pointing at each other because they're the same person. Yep. Okay. Matt Hennessy's pass grade last year was 50.5. It was a 50.5 pass blocker, according to Pro Football Focus. Drew Dolman this year. 49-7. Wow. Sing it with me. Spitterman, Spitterman, <laughs> Hennessy and Dolman are the same guy. <laughs> so they're the same guy. Now, what I've also told you is you can get away with one bad offensive lineman. You can't get away with two. The numbers are bearing it out. They can live with Dolman, even though he's exactly the same guy grade-wise as what Matt Hennessy is. Spitterman, Spitterman, Hennessy and Dolman are the same guy. Spins a web. They can't block. They're the same guy. That's what you get. (laughs) Okay? By the way, Drew Dolman has been flagged for the most penalties in the NFL this year among all offensive linemen, regardless of position. Tackles, centers, guards. Nobody has been flagged for more penalties than Drew Dolman. He has seven total penalties, penalties, five of which have been accepted. His seven penalties are the most in the NFL. Now, Caleb McGarry, he's actually having his highest graded pro football focus pass blocking grade. In fact, he's 20% better in his grade this year than he was last year. He's in the 60s this year. 
He was in the he was at 50 last year. Wow. So again, I'm not telling you that they're elite and that they're top whatever, but the numbers don't bear out that they're as bad as everybody thinks they are. Let me give you one more. Okay? Pass block win rates. And one thing I want to preface this with, when I talk about pass block win rates and some of these numbers, these numbers have nothing to do with the mobility of your quarterback. So you can forget the text and the tweets about Mariota's mobility. These are things like pass block win rates. That is, my guy beats your guy. Okay? All that mobility is is can he extend a play or does he take a sack? Okay? So pass block win rates. I have the numbers through the first five games of the season. So they've played seven, right? Right. Okay. Through the first five games of the season, pass block win rates for offensive lines. The Browns are number one. No shock. They're the third best offensive line grade-wise in the league. They've got all the most dominant guys. Betonio, Wyatt Teller. uh, They're tremendous, okay? The Seahawks were number two. And tied for third, the Falcons and the Saints. Wow. One percentage at 66%, one percent higher than the Vikings, Ravens, and Eagles who tied for fifth. That's your guy wins over that guy, and that's your pass block win rates as an offensive line. So what I'm telling you is all the metrics don't tell you that the offensive line has been so bad. Well, they've only got two guys running out. Okay. I'm giving you the entire season snapshot. I'm giving you. I understand last week that, that, again, McGarry last week whiffed on that sack at the end. He whiffed. That was on him. But the numbers don't tell you that they're so bad that they can't do this. Do you know what they were? They were, I told you, they're 17th in the league this year. What do you think they were last year for their pass blocking grade? Oh, I'm going to say like 28th. 31st. Wow. Only one team in the league had a lower pass blocking grade than what the Falcons offensive line did. They were 31st in the NFL. You know how many pass attempts they had last year with Matt? Over 500, right? 560. Mm. In 2020, in Dan's last year, they were 23rd in the league in pass blocking grade. In Dan's second to last year, in 2019, they were 25th in the NFL in pass blocking grade. And then in 2018, they were 12th in the NFL in pass blocking grade. So the last four years, not counting this year, starting with last year, 31, 23, 25, 12. This is the highest that they've graded out since 2018. So while I understand some of the nuances, the numbers bear out that they're not as bad as what people think they are. And I'll stand by my statement. Dylan, in the first four games this year, when they went 2-2, two and two, they averaged 24.5 pass attempts per game in the first four games. The last three games where they are 1-2, and two, they've averaged 17. They've, they've thrown it, that's 30% less per game. They've taken 30%.
That's not all on your offensive line, folks. Sorry, it's not. The numbers don't bear out. I'm not telling you that they're a top-tier pass-blocking line, but they're a hell of a lot better than they were last year. All the Every metric you can find tells you that they are much improved from last year. Hell, Elijah Wilkinson by himself makes them better. And again, what's Hennessy and Dolman? Spitterman, Spitterman. It's the same guy who can't block up front. <laughs> same exact guy. Uh, Lindstrom's playing at a first-team all-NFL level. He's like the, the third-highest-graded offensive lineman in the entire of the NFL. By the way, you know who's like the, the top guy in the league? That, that? that guy that the Buccaneers drafted that I've only said a thousand times, Tristan Wirfs. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. how good that guy is. He's pretty First good. team all NFL last year. So I, while I understand it, I'm not telling you that they're great, but their metrics, and these are the stats and the numbers, tell you that they're better. Now, when we get back, we are going to have a What's Bugging Chuckery. Uh, again, I'm sure Dalvin Cook is not worried about $1,600. bucks. i will explain. But I'm also going to give you a couple of interesting numbers about Marcus Mariota. A couple of, couple of stats about Mariota as well that I think are very interesting and something to think about with their passing game moving forward. It's all next. Chuck, we're hanging out in the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, not the game, odyssey.com app. Back to more John Chuckery. This party's going to rock. Make sense! Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back with you, John Chuck Show, Hanging out in the Key Studios Wednesday night with you. Hawks get a victory tonight. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond Tech sign to be a part of the show. Odyssey app site. Catch us on the go. Social media is at 9th on the game. At JMCH316 at underscore Dylan Matthews. Uh, Tori McElhaney will join us coming up at the top of the hour. Our weekly conversation with uh, with her. We'll get to get you ready for Falcons and Panthers coming up on Sunday. We'll get to what's bugging Chuck here in just a couple minutes. Um, one thing about the Falcons offense is that if they're not going to expand their passing game at all, is that the narrative of where they have to be is going to change. So in the NFL, kind of the the standard, if you will, is can you run it for 100 yards a game, right? Okay. Dylan. How many yards do you think the Falcons, in their four losses, what do you think the Falcons have averaged per game running the football in their four losses? 136. Yeah, it was 137.25. I think I told you that earlier, didn't you did. I? Yeah. yeah. In their four losses, they've averaged 137.25 yards. In their three wins, they've averaged 183 yards. Remember, they ran it for 200 yards against the Saints to open up the season. They ran it for a buck 50 against the New Orleans Saints, or not New Orleans, um, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They ran it for 200 against the Saints to open up the year. But this team is going to have to be in that 140, 150 range running the football. If you, if that's, and again, I got no issue or problem with what, how Arthur Smith runs the offense. But what's going to happen when you're down 10? with nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. How are you going to work it? Now, a couple of interesting numbers here from Marcus Mariota, okay? When Marcus Mariota has less than two and a half seconds in the pocket to throw, time in pocket 
is less than two and a half seconds. You with me? Okay. That's hike, drop back quick, yep. one read and throw. Okay. He's completing 65% of his passes with five touchdowns and two interceptions. When he has more than two and a half seconds, okay, two and a half seconds or more, I can survey the field, I can throw it around, my guys can run and get open and this, that, and the other. 58% completion percentage, two touchdowns, two interceptions. So he actually does better with the less time he has. Why? Drop, quick read, one throw and go. That's the two touchdowns to London. That was the Pitts play. Get him one-on-one out here. Cut in. Whoop. Touchdown. Right? Uh Now, the other part that is interesting, too, is maybe at times the Falcons should think about going a little bit of no huddle. Mariota in no huddle. 13 for 18. That's 72.22% completion percentage. So, He's got a 114.4 quarterback rating in no-huddle situations. He's only taken two sacks as compared to 15 when they huddle up. So, again, you know, you make it tough. If your offensive line isn't great, speed up the game. Throw it underneath. There are things that they can do because here's the deal. I'm fine with the idea of they're not going to play Ritter. So that's not going to happen. Look, remember, this is the same guy who played Jalen Mayfield for 17 games last year. He's certainly not going to pull Marcus Mariota. That's fine. But what they have to do is find ways to strengthen Mariota's game and help him out, make life easier for him. And if that's a little bit of no huddle, this, that, and the other, I saw a stat that said that they have like eight rollout plays or something like that called on the season, and they've thrown it for, like, on on direct rollouts. They've only thrown it. They've called, like, eight rollout plays, and they've thrown it for, like, 73 yards total or something like that. So, look, more is not better in this case. If you tell me that your offensive line isn't great, your quarterback's not great, and all these things, okay, then speed up the game. Make the clock quicker. Now, let me tell you what else will help their passing game. And Tori and I are going to talk about this top of the hour. Getting Cordero Patterson back. Because that's another guy who, again, if you're running too tight, you can run him out because he can catch the football. So throw it to your running backs. Throw it to those guys. There are things that they can do to, to make this thing a little bit better. There's a difference between being heavy run-first offense and being incompetent in your passing game. They're moving toward the incompetent passing game side. The Bears are incompetent throwing the football. They're incompetent. That's not about run for. They're incompetent. The Falcons are drifting in that direction. You blame whoever you want. The net result is they're getting close to being incompetent. And as I've said, a lot of people want to disagree. They want to win football games. There's not a person in that building, from the owner of the team to the general manager to the coach, that isn't trying to win every week. And the reason that they're going to not play the young quarterback is because they want to win every week. So 
When people try to tell me, oh, well, this season's not measured by wins, well, then why would they play somebody besides, why not play somebody besides Mariota? See, that doesn't work. And I'm okay with the idea of you're going to play Mariota. They'll play him come hell or high water. But if you're going to try to win games and you're going to play Mariota, you have to play the things that are working for him and not do things. Obviously, when you look at the numbers, speeding up the game, throwing it quicker, um, his best completion percentage is on second down. He's 56% on first, 67 on second, 58 on third. And he's got the one-fourth down. Remember that one-fourth down play they threw? Not counting one past him. So they run the football on first down, pick up some yards, and he throws it on second. They have a high completion percentage. Speed it up a little bit. There are things you can do to help him out and change this up. But to just throw out these wild narratives, oh, it's the offensive line or this, any other. I'm telling you, all the numbers tell you that they are trending downward throwing the football. They threw it 59 times in their first two games. They threw it 33 times against the Saints. And what was it, 26 against um, uh, the, the Rams in game two? That's 41% of their throws. 41% of their pass attempts came in the first two games. Now think about that. 41% came in the first two games. It's almost half. Yeah. They hucked it around. I'm not telling you they need to huck it around. I don't want that either. But there are numbers that tell you how can we get how can we make it better for Mariota? You know, they can run it for 140, play good defense and complete a high percentage with a low total, they can win. But not everything goes your way in the NFL. Not everything just works itself out. Sometimes you have to figure out a different way to win a football game. Sometimes there's nine minutes to go in a game. You're down by 10. How are you going to get back into it? Just go fullback dive up the middle? That's not going to work. And you And again, when you're not running it for four yards an attempt – you're not getting any chunks of yards out of all of it. You're going to have to not be completely inept at throwing the football. That's the direction they're heading. The numbers keep going like this, that a downward curve as far as how it's going. Again, they're 3-1 and one when he throws it 20 or less times. They're 0-3 oh when he throws it 21 or more times. These trends are not just random happenstance. They're just not. They're building. You're seven games in now. You can look at the numbers and start to see some trends that are forming about what works, what doesn't work. So they can figure some things out without having to throw it 50 times. This is not about hucking it around more. It's about how do you manipulate this thing and do some things, whether it's a little bit more no huddle. Remember how we used to scream for Matt Ryan to get more no huddle? Okay, maybe you do a little bit more of that with Marcus Merritt, especially if you're down. Maybe a little bit more no huddle. Get the defense on their heels where it's easier to block them and they're tired. There are things you can do to overcome these things. So we'll see. I mean, look, you got a quarterback that they actually believe in in Carolina, a guy who played in the XFL undrafted out of Temple, who who his last stop before Carolina was playing for Vince McMahon in the XFL. Okay? All right, let's get a quick What's Bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> 
Like that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. You suppose that Dalvin Cook is worried about 1500 bucks? No. He would wipe his butt with that. He got a fine. You know, he threw a ball into the crowd last week. Threw a football up in the crowd after, I guess, after a touchdown. $7,426 fine is the standard fine for throwing a football up into the crowd. That's dumb. However, he can have that reduced to $5,941. So basically, $1,500. Okay? If he completes an online remedial training course and doesn't get fined again this year. So, you know, normally fines are taken out of your check and this, that, and the other. So if he goes online and it's a two-hour class to take online, that's a remedial training course about behavior, he can save 1500 bucks. This is a guy who signed a five-year, $63 million contract with $28.15 million guaranteed and a $15.5 million signing bonus. Can I tell you what I'd do? I'd print off something that shows the fine, and I'd fly up to New York with the paper in my hand and meet with Mr. Goodell. And I'd go in and be all nice and stuff like that and said, I got this fine. They said if I go and take this two-hour class online, I can get 1500 bucks taken off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can get 1500 bucks. Okay, here's what I think about it. And then take it and, and do this to it. And throw it at Roger Goodell. <laughs> just like hey, how you threw the football I'd, in the, in I'd the stands. fly up there just to crumple the paper and throw it at him for 1500 bucks. I'm sure he'll be able to not have to find himself at the soup kitchen over 1500 bucks and his $28.5 million guaranteed. I, this, is the stup- this is how stupid the league is with some of this stuff. You want to find a guy because he threw a football in the crowd or he wears a patch on his shirt and then tell him, oh, yeah, go in and take a two-hour class online. Are you kidding me? This is literally the dumbest thing I've ever Yeah. Heard. For fifteen hundred bucks, if he goes out in the woods and squats down and drops a deuce, that's worth more than fifteen hundred bucks. This is stupid, but this is the NFL and their ignoramus policies and rules. Again, I'd fly up to New York, take the paper, print it out. Here you go, Mister Commissioner. Wham! And just throw it at him. I might even dip it in water first and throw it at him. For fifteen hundred bucks, spending two hours of my life as an NFL player to take a remedial online course. How stupid have they become? And that's what's bugging Chuckery. All right, coming up top of the hour, we will talk to uh, Atlanta Falcons digital reporter Tori McElhaney. Of course, it is our weekly Wednesday conversation with her as we get ready for Falcons and Panthers coming up on Sunday. Of course, Falcons will take on the Panthers twice over the next uh, three weeks. Here is. San Diego, not San Diego. I guess I guess they're the L.A. Chargers now. I call them the San Diego Chargers. Listen, when I was growing up, it was Dan Fouts, Kellen Winslow, uh, Wes Walker. No, 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 uh, no. Um, John Jefferson, 
uh, Chuck Muncie, all those guys, okay? They were the San Diego Chargers when I was growing up. They'll always be the San Diego Chargers. I don't give a damn where they play. They can play in El Segundo, and they're still going to be the San Diego Chargers. They can play in Tijuana. They're still the San Diego Chargers, okay? How do you like that? So when we get back, we'll talk to Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com. Sports Radio, not the game, Odyssey.com app. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.